Welcome back to the Draft Nut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson here to do an NFL mock draft for you guys. We're so happy to be back after a little hiatus. Um, Devin and I have been dealing with work, school, just a mix of things that kept us from putting out more content from the Draft Nut Podcast. So we're very excited to be back here ready to do a mock draft to in our return so Devin, how you doing man doing pretty good just getting these uh these prospects in man uh just trying to knock out about 40 or so more uh over the next month and uh finalize some rankings put out my first big board uh, that i've done since i've been scouting so excited for the next month or so to to kind of wrap wrap up and put a bow on this class and uh just just move past this class man because i think we've we've hit the full 360 here we've <laughs> started started with Tavon Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Kyle Hamilton and and we're gonna end with with people doubting them so in yeah, the full prospect fatigue circle yeah it, i mean this happens every draft cycle um i remember this going on in my first year of the drafts of me being a part of the draft cycle in 2018 like as a, tra- a true draft analyst. Um, we deal with this every year with top prospects. And now we're dealing with Cam Thibodeau and Kyle Hamilton. And in my um, newest edition of Football Thoughts, which should come out later at some point this week, um, I'll be men- I'll, I'll be discussing a little bit about Cam Thibodeau and Kyle Hamilton. And also we'll be talking about them here in this mock draft today. So without further ado... Let's get this mock draft started. It is a one-round mock draft. Devin and I will be doing the first 16 selections um, for this episode, and then the next episode we'll be doing the final 16, uh, picks 17 through 32. Uh, that will be our our episodes for the week. So let me get it pulled up here. All right, here we go. We are here to do a mock draft, Devin. We're, so I believe Devin is doing the evens. I'm doing the odds. So I'll be kicking us off to start this mock draft with the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one overall. Um, this is more wide open of a first overall pick than I can remember, or it's been a few years since we've had a true wide open who, who is truly going to be the number one pick in this draft class. Um, will it be Evan Neal of Al- offensive tackle out of Alabama? Will it be Aiden Hutchinson? Will it be Akeem Iguanu? Will it be Kayvon Thibodeau? Hell, would it be Kyle Hamilton? A safety going number one overall. I mean, he is the best player in the draft, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about when he gets off the board. Um, God, this is this is this is tough because there's so many good players that could go here. Jackson Jacksonville could really go anywhere and be okay with it. Um, I mean, it, they're still growing as a team overall, roster wise. I mean, they're not going to be perfect next year. 
Um, they still have a ways to go until they're true playoff contenders. But I, I, I think if they go even Neil Hutchinson, uh, Thibodeau, or Guanu, you know, they could absolutely go with either one and they'll have their true franchise cornerstones at edge or offensive tackle. They already have their franchise quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so there's really no need to really go after a quarterback in this draft class. I mean, especially with this type of draft class, I mean, it's God awful. Um, but Evan Neal, Hutchinson, Iguanu, Thibodeau. You know what? Um, I have seen Hutchinson and Neal being like the true top pick or consensus picks for the number one overall selection. Um, But there's one guy I still think that he should absolutely be the number one pick in this draft class, Um, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau. And I am going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau as the number one overall pick to start our mock draft. Um Devin, I want to discuss Thibodeau for a second um, because we, we're all, like you said at the start of the show, we're at the point where we're with we have draft fatigue. You know, we're we're seeing people come up with some absurd takes about draft prospects, the top draft prospects in this draft class. We're overthinking guys. We're seeing anonymous scouts, quote unquote, anonymous scouts, claiming that. Thibodeau doesn't like the isn't committed to the game of football. He doesn't have good effort. It's just what exactly are we doing here? You know, this is not it. All these things just seem false. And I, I do address this in my football thoughts article at some point when it comes out at some point this week. But I want to ask you about Thibodeau. What do you think of this whole ordeal with? all of these rumors about Thibodeau and why they're the, why it's the reason why he's falling in terms of draft stock. Yeah. I mean, for with Thibodeau, I think it's just one of those things where like he has a personality, you know, he's not, he's not the, the person that's just going to say all the right things. You know, he, he says what he feels, you know, I think, those type of players sometimes get rubbed the wrong way uh, with, with NFL franchises. But I mean, when you look at the player, I mean, it's just clear he's, he's an athletic freak, you know, he, he can be moved all over the defensive line. You can have him rush off the edge, rush from the interior, uh, use that speed and athleticism, you know, and, and I, I get some of the, 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 the knocks on this game. You, you want to see a better pass rush plan. You, you use a more diversity of moves, but when you win with speed and athleticism, you use it until they make you, you know, until they stop you. And and I think sometimes we get in, caught up in, in the action of when someone is kind of pinned as this top player or top five player all year, you know, people want to find reasons to, to not like them or critique things that, don't always make sense. Like recently I saw a post of him saying, well, maybe he doesn't give effort all the time. And it was just a routine tackle group tackle and he didn't jump in on it. So it's like, you know, the, I just feel like people are, are grasping for Charles, you know, it's okay to have legitimate criticism. And if he's going to develop a full pass rush plan and 
continue to tap in with some of his athleticism. But I think, you know, just saying that, you know, he isn't a, a top player in this class, you know, doesn't really deserve to be picked in, in top five or whatever. It, it, it's just overblown at this point. So, you know, Thibodeau is a talented player and, and he's going to show so when, when he gets drafted to the NFL. And I just think the the overblown uh, ability around him it, it, it's just exhausting. It, it's it's gotten to the point for me where I'm just like, is it worth arguing with people about? Like, I, it really isn't. So we're going to move on here, Devin. You're on the clock with the Detroit Lions. Um, they can really go anywhere here. Um, they can go quarterback. They can go edge. Um, edge rushers going back to back one two. Um, they could go Kyle Hamilton, um, or they could trade back. There's there's no limit on trades here. So, what do you think you want to do here with the Detroit Lions at number two overall? Well, just based on how the board fell, a lot of people don't expect Hutchinson to be available at two. Um, and and to me, I feel like the Lions. It's pretty a two way. It's pretty much a two way go here. You you pick an edge, or, or you pick uh, potentially a quarterback, or, or you add someone else on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it, it's really that simple, I think, for uh, the Lions. And if it's uh, you know Aiden Hutchinson, the one uh, that falls him, I'm, I'm I will be inclined to pick Aiden Hutchinson here. I think he's a, the number two overall pick if Thibodeau goes one, uh, and, and just with the fit. The, the the play style, the the personality, it matches exactly what the Lions are looking for uh, in a defensive player and someone to bring in as a second overall pick. You know, Hutchinson obviously played at the University of Michigan uh, a couple of hours away from Detroit. So you, you get someone that's familiar with, with the fan base, someone that could come in immediately, be a productive player, and continue to add pieces to that defense. I, I think you can't pass them up here. You know, I know Kyle Hamilton is – you know, attractive there at, at two, you know, we, you could also go add it to that offensive line. That's already stacked. If you wanted to it's re- really, they, they have a lot of needs, but they also have a lot of flexibility here. And I, I think at the number two overall pick, if, if Hutchinson is there, they're definitely taking them. I have the third overall pick with the Houston Texans and like the Detroit lions, they could really go any, anyone here. Um, but Evan Neal is still on the board. Do they go Evan Neal here? Could they go Kyle Hamilton, Ikeem Iguanu? I mean, Larry Tunsil is still on the roster, but it doesn't sound like he's going to get traded like we thought he was. Um, I mean, there's still the possibility it could happen, but it may happen after the draft once everything is settled, depending on how the board falls for them, who they decide to take with the third overall pick or with the 13th overall pick. Uh, They have another pick um, that they got from Cleveland, from Cleveland in the trade for Deshaun Watson. We will not be discussing Deshaun Watson at any point in this mock draft. Um, Just to point that out. Um, But yeah, they could really go anyone here. And there's also the consideration of, you know, we've heard Trayvon Walker's name being hyped up as a potential top five pick. Could we see 
three edge rushers going one, two, three in this NFL draft. We go from last year with quarterbacks going one, two, three to edge rushers going one, two, three. That that is a possibility for the Houston Texans, for the Houston Texans, and in this draft that we could see edge rushers go one, two, three, and and again they could go anyone here. They can go with Neil. Play him at right tackle if they want to. They can go Iguanu, play him at left guard, and then start him at left tackle. Um, if Larry Tunsil ends up getting traded at some point, they could go cornerback here. Maybe Derek Stingley, Derek Stingley, or Sauce Garner, or Andrew Booth. They could go Kyle Hamilton, or they can heck maybe you get some competition with Davis Mills. Draft a quarterback potentially. I doubt they will. So here I want to go with the best player in the draft. And I think you and I, um, I assume you and I agree that Kyle Hamilton is the best player in the draft. And we are going to go with Hamilton here at number three overall. And we were talking um, before the show that the whole, the whole Kyle Hamilton thing is just utter BS. Like, here's here's what I think with Kyle Hamilton. You're getting a difference maker in the secondary and overall on your defense. He's a guy that can play a variety of roles due to his high football IQ, elite instincts, um, great lateral mobility, um, great ball skills, length to be able to have a large tackle radius. Um, I mean, he, he does everything so well. And it, it just blows my mind that people are sort of dropping his stock in a sense just because he had a bad 40 time. And could we see a Derwin James type fall from Kyle Hamilton? There's a good possibility. But for the sake of this mock draft, we're not going to do that because Kyle Hamilton should not fall um, super far in this draft class. So or in this draft, or in the first round overall, I'd be shot, to be honest with you, if he fell past 10 um, with the New York Jets. And you have the New York Jets on the clock now. You actually will be picking for both Jets picks um, since you have the even number. So, Devin, who are you going to take here with the Jets' first pick in the first round? Well, offensive line is a big need for – the Jets and with Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson both off the board. Um, I, I think they're going to go offensive line here. And, you know, uh, I know Trayvon Walker is on the board too, and he could be an interesting pick for the Jets, but I just don't think that's who they want in, in this draft. So they may settle and, and maybe wait around and, and at 10 we'll see uh, who's available. But I, I'm thinking with, Everything involved, you, we don't know what's going to happen with Makai Beckton moving forward. We we understand that uh, they're they're pretty happy with George Fant uh, with the New York Jets at, at right tackle. I think it makes sense to go tackle here. I'm going going with Iki Aquanu. Uh, I think he fits uh, what what the Jets want to do a little bit better than Evan Neal. Uh, and I think Evan Neal is, is is very very talented, very tremendous uh, tremendous player, but. Iki Aquanu has that guard tackle versatility. He could play guard his first year if uh, the Makai Bagdon comes back and, and looks really good, uh, come off that injury. But but I like Iki Aquanu here at, at four, and 
I, I just think he fits exactly what the New York Jets are looking for. I have the Giants here at fifth overall, um, and they have another pick, and I'll be picking for them again in just two more picks. Um, they have the fifth and seventh overall pick. They have that seventh overall pick from the Chicago Bears trade um, in which the Bears were able to trade up um, to acquire um, to acquire Justin Fields. So th- this is tough for me because you could go edge here with Trayvon Walker, um, but you could also go cornerback because James Bradbury is a is going to get traded at some point. We just don't know when. Um, it could be during the draft. It could be tomorrow. It could be in the next few minutes. We we just don't know. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Giants do here. I really do like Andrew Thomas at left tackle. I think he he's he showed enough on the back end of last season to – make a really good case to start at left tackle. But Evan Neal here, he I feel like he makes the most sense here because he has that versatility to play right tackle, and he played right tackle pretty damn well during his junior year or during his sophomore year at Alabama. Um, he Evan Neal just has such incredible size, power, um, movement skills. Um, he's six seven, three sixty. I mean, just like massive human being who moves so well. I mean, and he is rocked up like there's no looks of fat on him at all. If you saw the picture from the combine um, when they were doing his measurements and whatnot, wow, this man is a monster of a human being. So I'm gonna go with Evan Neal here. Um, and he has the ability to start at right tackle early on and then flip over back to left tackle if Andrew Thomas does not work out. So we're going to go with Evan Neal here with the fifth overall pick. Devin, you have the Carolina Panthers at sixth overall. Um, I know a lot of our friends at Blue Chip Scouting um, we'll be interested to see my reaction here to what you do here at six overall. Um, and I, no pressure, no pressure at all. Um, but what do you got here for the Carolina Panthers here at six overall? So this one was tough because you see who's off the board here. You didn't really get any of those guys fall to you. Uh, it's pretty much the most of people's top five players, uh, with the exception of uh, Akiem Mekwanu. I don't know if he's everyone's top five player, but it's a tough one because you see who's on the board. Obviously, Charles Cross, I think, is 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 of high priority. You could bring him in and, and immediately have him start for, for the Carolina Panthers. But everything comes back to the quarterback position. And right now, uh, the Panthers are inclined to run it back with Sam Darnold. And there's really no long-term plan for Carolina. And we don't know what the future of Matt Rule is going to be after this year. We don't know uh, what's going to happen afterwards. And, you know, for me, I think this pick is more about what looking into Carolina's future. Because I think even if they maximize the team this year, probably a wild card team. You know, you, you're still playing a tough NFC 
NFC South has Tom Brady back. Saints are still going to be hanging around, even if they're not going to be a playoff team or playoff contender. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough slowing for Carolina regardless. Even if they do scrape out a winning season, how much can can you have that success go into next year? So for this pick, I, I, I kind of go and, and think back what happened last year when the Panthers were in a similar situation and take a quarterback, and they didn't. I just don't think they they make the same mistake twice. So I think they go Malik Willis here. Bravo, bravo, round of applause, bravo! You you just made all Panther fans very happy. Um, I I don't disagree with you here. I think quarterback for Carolina is very important. Um, if they go Malik Willis here, I would be huge. There's also the option of trading back. I and Scott Fitter has also mentioned he is open to trading back if the price is right. Um, of course, offensive line could still be the pick there. Um, and, you know, if Carolina really does go out trotting Sam Darnold and if they do end up bringing him back, Cam Newton, uh, Matt Rule's time in Carolina w- will be very, very short next season, um, depending on how well the team actually performs with Donald or Cam Newton under center. Um, so moving on here, I'm back with the New York Jets, or not the Jets, the New York Giants here at seventh overall. They could go, again, they could go anyone here. Um, could they take a quarterback to compete with Daniel Jones? I highly doubt it because it sounds like they're going to have Daniel Jones be the starter this year and they want to see if he can actually perform um, with a better coaching staff, better weapons, with a better team around him. Um, So this is an interesting pick. They have Evan Neal. They have their cornerstone offensive lineman, their cornerstone right tackle or left tackle down the road. Um, Could they go cornerback here to replace James Bradbury, to take over that role for James Bradbury? That's a possibility. That's a very good possibility. Um, could they go Trayvon Walker, get that edge position sealed up? That's also a possibility. Um, but in a, this is a deep edge class, and I think they could still get someone that could be very productive early on um, in day two or in the second round. So I'm going to go cornerback here, but it's not Derek Stingley, and it's not going to be Andrew Booth. It's going to be Sauce Ahmad Sauce Gardner here at seventh overall. He ends up being the first cornerback off the board. Um, Cincinnati Bearcat. You know, I I just when I was watching Gardner's tape finally the other day, I was just like, this is such a good football player. Um, he reminds me a little bit of JC Horn. And in a weird way, like he he's he's grabby like Horn was coming out. Um he he does get in, into situations where he does get himself penalized because he gets too grabby, but man, he has such good length, such good size, such great coverage skills and zone and man, he has the length to really disrupt um, the line of scrimmage um, against opposing wide receivers. Um, he's just a really good cornerback overall, who I think who was a four-year starter in Cincinnati. Um, and for the people really saying like, oh, he wasn't, he didn't really play any big teams or any big games. You had Notre Dame, you had the 
AAC championship. You had the Georgia game a year ago. You also had the college football playoff against Alabama. I mean, he has been playing in some pretty big-time games. So I'm rolling with Ahmad Sauce Garner here at seventh overall. Devin, who do you got going with the Atlanta Falcons here at eighth overall? This one's interesting because I think a lot of people have pinned Garrett Wilson here at, at, at eight, but there are a few players here that are available that I will be inclined that Atlanta will be very interested in one being uh, Trayvon Walker. Now I know that, you know, it, it's, this one's a difficult one because I've seen a variety of players go to Atlanta. We've seen Kyle Hamilton, who's basically, the defensive version of Kyle Pitts for Atlanta. I've seen Garrett Wilson taken because they need receivers as badly as a as badly as anything. You know, uh, edge has been a huge problem for Atlanta. But I think here you go best pick available, and you know, based how this board has fall fallen, I I think the Falcons select Trayvon Walker here. Now I know the Falcons are not known for picking Georgia defensive players or anyone really from the hometown, but with how how much Walker has trended to possibly being a number one, number over two overall pick by some people, I think getting him at A is a, a huge win for them. I, I like this pick for Atlanta. Um, you know, they get a developmental – I mean, Trayvon Walker is not a perfect um, prospect, um, but he is a terrific athlete with great size, um, and he, he's he's got a ways to go in terms of – um, really growing his pass rush arsenal overall, but man, he is such a fun football player to watch. Um, so I, I'm I'm actually not opposed to that pick at all for Trayvon or for the Atlanta Falcons with Trayvon Walker. Um, here are the Seattle Seahawks ninth overall. They got this pick from the Denver Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade, and. They have options here. They could go quarterback. They could go Charles Cross here at seventh or um, Charles Cross here. They could go edge rusher um, Jermaine Johnson or George Karlaftis. Um, they could go get Derek Stingley, finally get that success, that long, the true lost successor to Richard Sherman. Um, I mean, they have options here, but. You know, I, I I think about what the what the Seahawks have um, and, and what they really want to bring to the table. Um, it, it seems like um, Pete Carroll is just going to go with the same old old thing: run the football, good defense, yada yada yada. Just old school mentality, which I, I just don't agree with at all. But um, if they really want to go back to playing good defense. Um, I, I think they, I think they go defense here at ninth overall. They miss out on the, they start Drew Locke or some free agent quarterback this coming off se- this coming season. Um, I'm going to go with Derek Stingley here at ninth overall. Um, you know, Stingley, he, he's, he's dealt with injuries the past couple seasons. Um, I know that he has had his, Moments in coverage where he will give up a, a big play here and there. But, man, that 2019 tape and 
the tape from 2020 and 2021. He has elite tape across the board. And he's currently my CB2 behind Andrew Booth by half a point. Um, like, is that close between Booth and Stingley? Like, if someone had Stingley as their number one corner, I would not oppose to it at all. Stingley is an incredibly talented cornerback with great uh, with great football intelligence, great ball skills, athleticism. Um, he, he is a guy that I think can help the Seahawks go back to an elite defense if they if they start going back into that direction, but they the Seahawks definitely have a ways to go. They're a really weirdly constructed roster. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at nine. I mean, they could have gone Charles Cross at ninth overall, but I wanted to take the corner there, get Stingley off the board. Now you have the Jets once again at 10th overall. Do they go onto the defensive side of the ball or they stick with with the offensive side of the ball. Could they go wide receiver here, Devin? Yeah, to me, it's already coming down to receiver or edge. And right now on the board, I mean, it's either Jermaine Johnson, Gary Wilson, or Jamison Williams. And and I think those are the, the guys that I'm, I'm going to lock in on here. And I know people have sent, sent Drake, Drake London to the Jets, but in terms of how that offense operates, I think Gary Wilson or James, Jameson Williams will, will operate perfectly. And AFC is getting more and more loaded. I know you need to to uh, dip into the edge class, but I do think based on how this board's already fallen, I think there's going to be an edge available in round two for the Jets. So I'm going to go Gary Wilson here with the Jets. Uh, didn't expect him to make it to 10 because, uh, uh, you know, Atlanta – could have gone, could have gone at eight with Atlanta, but but with Trayvon Walker on the board, I think they definitely need to upgrade the the position and maybe the Falcons straight back into the first round if that that's how the draft does fall. But but I, I got to go with Garrett Wilson here. I think it's it's a no brainer on on need to upgrade a receiver position, bring in another playmaker for Zach Wilson. Eleventh overall here, I am back on the clock. Um, with the Washington Commanders, um, it's so weird calling them the Washington Commanders. I'm not going to get used to that anytime soon. But um, they do have a need on wide receiver. They need someone opposite of Terry McLaurin. Um, they could go corner here. Andrew Booth is still available. Um, at safety, could they reach for Daxon Hill? That's a possibility. Could they go interior offensive line? Zion Johnson, Tyler Linderbaum. Kenyon Green. I mean, those are you have options there at eleven. Um, I don't know if they go quarterback here just because they tr- just traded for Carson Wentz. I don't know how well Carson Wentz will play in Scott Turner's offense, um, but that'll be more of a wait and see. We'll see how the season plays out. If Wentz actually turns it around in in Washington. You know, maybe they miss out on a quarterback next year altogether. I don't think quarterback. Is going to be the pick here. Um, I think we're going to take wide receiver back to back, and I, I, I'm going to go with Jamison Williams. And I, I do think that they need a true down the field uh, threat, a, a similar role to Tyreek Hill. Um, Jamison Williams is insanely fast, and he can be one of the best play, one of the best explosive weapons in the league. And matching Williams with Terry McLaurin, and you also have Carson Wentz, who can throw a pretty damn good deep ball. 
when he's got time and when he's able to get his mechanics right in the pocket. Um, but Jamison Williams, Terry McLaurin, I couldn't pass that up. So going with Jamison Williams at 11. Devin, you got you got to make Tyler Forna, Fornes happy here. You got to make Forno happy. So what are you going to do here? What are you going to do here with the 12th overall pick? This was a tough one because uh, basically all the top corners are gone now. You know, they're, I mean, you could, could reach for Andrew Booth here, and, and that's certainly going to be on my mind as, as someone uh, that I, I think could come in immediately and, and compete for a starting spot for for the Vikings. I just don't know. It, it's, it, you know, kind of measuring his stock has been tough because while he's very fluid, he's very, uh, you know, just – an outstanding uh, player, able to change direction, blows up screens. He, he does a little bit of every, everything. I just don't know if top 12 is the value for him. I think he's more of a late first-round guy because there is still some development needed in his game. And, and I, I just think there – some sometimes he, he gets eyes in the backfield and, and you know, he moves he, – he's trying to anticipate the routes and, and – anticipating the next movement and I feel like sometimes that puts him out of position but he, he's a he's a great talent someone in play here um you know the receiver position could could use an upgrade they do um have Drake London still on the board you know he, he, he could be the pick there Jordan Davis could be the pick you know because you know the interior defensive line class as well has been is very very uh stacked but when it's all said and done, uh, I look at I look at this board, and I think if the the Vikings are in this position, they may decide to try trade back in this scenario. But Ooh. I think I think for for this scenario, uh, we're just going to stay put, and, and maybe next time we'll do trades. But I think with, with this pick, you know, I, I think you you got to add to to the defense. It has to be a, a point of. Uh, you know, improvement. And I, I think I'm going to go with Andrew Booth here. Uh, I, I just think it, it is a bit of a reach. I, I think just based on where his stock is right now, he's, he's getting a lot of late first, early second round buzz. And and I think going top 12 may be a little bit of a reach, but I, th- I think the return is going to be uh, more so than the actual value here. I think they're going to get a really good cornerstone player in that secondary Um Someone more other than Patrick Peterson. I love Patrick Peterson, but he's he's getting up there in age, and I think he's probably going to be out of the league in the next few years. And they definitely need an upgrade. So I'm gonna go with Andrew Booth here. I, I just think it, it's an upgrade over what they have, and, and the the talent is untapped with him. Mm-hmm. I'm I got the Houston Texans again here at 13th overall. Um, I'm going to draft Jermaine Johnson. I think he's the best defensive player on the board. I think they get that defense right, and they they get their cornerstones um, in the secondary and um, on the defensive line with Jermaine Johnson and Kyle Hamilton. Um, Jermaine Johnson can do um, a little bit of everything. I mean, he is a very smart football player. Um, I mean, very he's a true technician. Um, very good against the run. He can really he can play in a four three. Um, he can play at four three defensive end or three four outside linebacker. Um, he he has the ability. He's very versatile. And he can play in any front. So we're going to go with Jermaine Johnson here um, to pair up with Kyle Hamilton. 
Um, they could they could have gone Charles Cross here, who is still on the board here. Um, but I, I think getting I think getting some cornerstones on defense will really help out the Texan seamen. They can continue to build their offense um, from day two on. So I mean, the Texans are still in a big, still in a deep rebuild, um, but they they do have pieces in place. Um, but it's going to take a while for this team to really truly develop into a hopeful playoff contender. Um, we'll see how the Lovey Smith tenure goes, and um, we'll see if Davis Mills can develop into a good starting quarterback in this league. Um, but we're going to go with Jermaine Johnson with the Texans' second pick in the first round. Yeah, I got, I got the Ravens next year. Um this one's a tough one because Charles Cross is on the board and he is very, very intriguing. But you look at the the Ravens roster, they do have Morgan Moses. They do have Ronnie Stanley. I don't know if they use a top 15 pick on the tackle, considering both of those guys are uh, in their late 20s, early 30s. Uh, and, you know, I assume they're, they're, they're pretty comfortable with those two guys, um, especially since they have really haven't made any moves. Uh, at tackle this off season. So I think from that perspective, it will be tough for me to take Charles Cross here only because I think they have their tackles pretty much stacked up. So really only leads me to, to one conclusion here. Uh, I think the Ravens draft Jordan Davis. I, I think it, it just makes too much sense. Bring him in, uh, be immediately contrib- immediate contributor. I know they spent a uh, first round pick on the edge last year. But you, you bring in him, and, and I think you, you complete that defensive line and, and just just thrive with them. So we gotta we gotta make Mike happy somehow with um, the Eagles here. Um, the Eagles are the last two picks of part one of this um, mock draft. Um, I'll be picking pick fifteen. Devin will be getting pick sixteen um, to end part one um eagles have options here um i mean they have back-to-back first round picks here and then they pick again at 19th overall um i mean they they can really just get some good players they can go best player available here if they wanted to um i mean they they definitely have their options um charles cross i don't think they go offensive tackle i think they'll go offensive tackle for depth reasons in this draft class. I don't expect them taking a tackle here in the first round. Um, they could definitely go wide receiver. Drake London is still on still on the board. Um, you know, you have Chris Olave and Traylon Burks still available. Could they go edge rusher with George Karlaftis? Um, that's a possibility. Could they go interior offensive line with Zion Johnson or Tyler Linderbaum or King and Green? Or could they go with a linebacker? Oh, a, the curseful linebacker, um, Howie Smith or Howie Roseman. You know, I, I just will he finally take a linebacker this year? We'll see. We'll see. I'm leaning linebacker here, but I feel like it would be a reach. And if a line, if any of the top linebackers are still available at pick 19. Um, that's probably where I would go for the Eagles, but I'm not going to go with 
a linebacker here at 15th overall. Um, I'm more looking at wide receiver here. Um, I think Drake London will be the pick here for the for the first pick of the Eagles of the three first round picks for the Eagles in this mock draft. Um, I will go with Drake London. Just great size. Um, he, he's not going to run away from defenses. That's just not the player he is. But he will. He does get some good yards after the catch. Um, physical football player. Um, former. I think he played for um, USC basketball at one point. Um, he is a very talented receiver, and he he has gotten some comparisons to Mike Evans. Um, I'm not saying he will be Mike Evans, but in terms of play style, um, in, in some ways it does make sense. It does make sense. So um, we're going to go Drake London here to get Jalen Hurts um, another weapon um, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think at 16, you you have to shore up that offensive line. Uh, you know, you look at the the full big board here, um, and, and see kind of the names available. Obviously, Charles Cross is available, and you know he could he could be the pick here. I I think probably let him slide a little bit more, and, and I think uh, obviously with the next mock draft on uh, uh, releasing on Friday, I think we'll, we'll he'll definitely won't he won't be on the board much longer, but. You know, I, I think interior offensive line has been an issue with the Eagles, and they they have to shore up here. Uh, when you look at DB, there's a little bit of a reach there, and they have a pick at, and, and three more picks, so there's probably that DB still going to be there more likely than not. Um, but I, I think at 16 here, I'm, I'm going with Kenyon Green uh, for, for mm-hmm. the Eagles. I, I think he fits kind of what they're looking for in terms of uh, what he brings to the table, uh, you know, with versatility, play guard and tackle at the collegiate level, and he just has some really heavy hands. He he's a he's a world grader in the run game. Uh, just really solid all around. Uh, not really a, a trait that sticks out in particular with him. I just think he, he's a really solid football player, a glue guy. You you stick him in, uh, you know, in the in the starting lineup or, or the offensive line, you're immediately better. So I I think uh, King Green makes sense for the Eagles and then. To, and the ability to shore up that offensive line in the interior. And that will be the end of part one for our for the Draft Up podcast mock draft. Um, Charles Cross is still on the board here. Kenny Pickett has yet to be selected. Trevor Penning, who has been mocked in, in the top 15 at times throughout this draft cycle, he, he is still on the board. Tyler Linderbaum is still on the board. There are some really good names um, to be selected um, here in this mock draft. That will be the end of this podcast for us. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys Friday for part two of the mock draft. All righty, guys. You guys take care. Peace.